0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel Madness with Maddie and Mac. I'm McCary and my best friend Maddie has never watched any of the Marvel movies and the only way I could convince her to watch them was by starting this podcast. Last episode we covered Captain America the first Avenger but we ran a little long so we split it into two episodes. This week's episode will be covering part two of Captain America and we hope that you enjoy and thanks for listening. All right, we're back. All right, we're
1: back, and there's a full-on thunderstorm outside. Yeah, hopefully you like the background noise. A
0: thunderstorm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway,
0: and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so gerbils, not useful. Um, then. So, as I mentioned, he proved his intelligence with the flag test, then we have the grenade test, in oh. which Steve jumps on it and proves his courage and bravery, and Colonel looks at him and says, well, he's still skinny. because He's, he's just so
1: skinny! Skinny Steve. Uh, I said Steve is the best, because the grenade scene just, like, literally tore my heart into pieces.
0: Mm, I know! He's amazing! And then... Well, we cut to the night before the surgery Steve has been chosen he is going to be the next super next and first super soldier and dr. Abraham Erskine tells the story about Hitler choosing him and his formula for the super soldier serum because dr. Erskine in the comics I mean that is his purpose is he is the creator of the super soldier serum okay which is huge. And he describes Hydra. This is the first time we actually hear what Hydra is, what its purpose is, and he says that this is the Nazis' research division, and Johann Schmidt is in the inner circle. If you remember, that's a very strong term for Nazis. Yeah. Like, the fact that we even actually say that about, like, cliques and stuff nowadays. yeah. It's very Nazi. Gross. (laughs) So kind of gross. Um, Schmidt actually knew Erskine, and he was his first experiment, so he has the serum, and that's why he's all fucked up. And this is where Erskine elaborates on his motivations for choosing Steve to be the super soldier, because he figured out that the serum, it enhances what is already in you. Yeah. So, for evil Schmidt... Which Johann Schmidt actually translates to John Smith in German. So his name is John Smith. Okay. So Johann Schmidt, he enhanced what was evil, and in Steve Rogers, that's what he's hoping will make him better. And yeah, he says that this is why he's picking Steve Rogers because he is inherently good and shows compassion. And my next little fun fact is that Nazi Germany actually did look into eugenics, the idea in science behind making a more physically capable human through genetic intervention. Which, there's a book that's been on my TBR for a long time, but I think I lost it due to one of my phone transplants. It was about twins being studied during the
1: Holocaust.
0: Because they did so many scientific experiments, and in fact, most of the medical marvels and miracles that we have today, and the knowledge and science that we have today, is based on the scientific discoveries during World War II by the Nazis. Wow. 100%. Google it, fact check me, it's 10,000%, um, which is disturbing, but
1: yeah. at least we
0: don't have to like blame ourselves. At least we didn't do it, you know? Yeah. And at least some good, at least some good came out of it.
1: And that's a good way to look at it. It's the
0: only way to look at it. Yeah. So, disgusting, but this also inspired a ton of science fiction writers. Hence, why Captain America is alive today, because the science fiction writer that was inspired was not Stan Lee. It was actually, Captain America was actually created by somebody else, oh. but not too important fact. To the MCU, yeah, but that's that's why Captain America exists today, is and that's why a lot of our science fiction exists because it is disgusting and wild and psychotic. So,
1: wait, I have two notes on that whole conversation. Get it? So, it's funny because as the doctor like told Steve, it's you, like we're picking you. I was writing down a note, and it's funny because he kind of like went into it, but my note was, the doctor likes Steve because he knows that power corrupts and wants to pick someone less susceptible to that corruption. And basically, he says that. And I wrote down a quote, and I don't think it's exact, but I really liked it. And he was like, a meet, a weak man knows the value of strength and compassion. And I just really loved that. And it, again, just made me think of like all the times that Steve had gotten beat up. and Virgo vibes. Virgo vibes. And I, that whole sequence was really sweet, and I just really, really liked it. But I thought it was funny that I was writing this note, and I was like, okay, I feel like he's describing exactly what I just wrote down, which is fun.
0: Yes, I love that. And so, um, and then there's the funny little moment. Are we still recording? Are we literally still recording? I do not know. Oh, my God. Okay. So anyway... I thought it was really funny that he didn't let him drink. You know, he was like doing a whole drink of the peach yeah. schnapps. It's like a little inside joke between themselves. Which is what, just like whenever Yemek, Yemlik, what's his name from Iron Man One, the first time he cried.
1: Yeah, I remember they, like they have like a little.
0: They had like a couple little inside jokes. Yeah, it's what makes you. it's so it tugs at the heartstrings,
1: which we love. So
0: mm-hmm. now we cut to back to Hydra. Johann Schmidt is getting his portrait painted and this is a foreshadowing of his red skull which you probably didn't know.
1: I thought something was weird because we couldn't see his face and everyone had a really weird expression. Um, yeah, the painter looks fucking
0: terrified. He's like and I was just like, is he, I thought, I was like, oh, he's
1: wearing a mask, like, for the portrait. Ooh, was, interesting. Because like, I was like, why? to be, like, creepy,
0: weird, like. Yeah,
1: something weird. So I knew he looked different, but I thought he had put something on, didn't realize that it was, it was going like, to be a take-off like moment.
0: That's a great, I love that. And so the point of the scene is just to establish that they found Stanley Tucci's character, Erskine, and that they put a hit on him. Which is what's about to set up everything that's about to happen. So now we're back to Steve and Peggy in the cab. Yep. And I just put down as a personal note that, like, every time they go to Hydra, I get bummed out and, like, lame. I'm like, I just don't care about this. And then whenever we go back to Steve and Peggy, I would get so excited. I'd be like, okay, we're back to the good parts. Yes. And Steve starts talking about all the places that he's been beat up. And Peggy talks about how she can relate to Steve about always having doors closed in her face
1: because she's a woman in the 1940s <laughs> in the military in the military. And
0: so Haley Atwell I didn't
1: even know they were allowed to be in the military at that time.
0: Bro, straight up. Straight up. I mean, I don't I didn't know either. Yeah. I just believe what I see on a movie screen unless I do extra research on it. Fair. But I will not propagate it out of my mouth like an ignoramus. Put that on the put that on the TM. Anyway, this is a great allusion to Hayley Atwell's development of the character of Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. Which she says that she is actually equal to Captain America in almost every way. I mean, you see how she fights. She can shoot a gun, she can do everything. She has the same Fire and moral integrity and character that Cap has. Yeah. But she's a woman, so she can do it backwards and in heels. Nice. And that's what Haley Atwell is quoted as saying.
1: I love that. A
0: queen. Love it. So, then we get Steve literally telling her, like, Listen, I know that you are incredible. I see that you're amazing. I have never even spoken to women. I do not know what the fuck is going on. I'm talking about dancing, and I don't know how to dance. You don't know how to dance. It's because he's always been reading, waiting for the right partner. And if you remember, Maddie, I do. This is McCarrie's first cry in the MCU. I started crying, and I
1: looked over and I was like, "Man, she's getting really emotional." Yeah, I'm really confused
0: about why I'm crying, which is so good. And also, like, I just but here's the reason I cried because Captain America, which I'll talk about this later, used to be my least favorite movie in the MCU. Really, it did because it's it's fundamental. And what's the number one rule about fundamentals is that they are not fun. They're <laughs> tricking you. The rule they always say, oh fundamentals are fun. No, they're the way to be a fundamentals by being not fun. And that means you kind of have to grit it out. Yeah. And when I was younger and I didn't appreciate the art of cinema, I guess I'll just not say this later. But I'll tell you when I thought this thought was I, I would w- try to watch this movie so many times after watching the Avengers cuz I wanted to know what was going on. And I would fall asleep every time. And I never fall asleep during movies.
1: Wow. Well,
0: at least I used to not. Now that I'm an old geezer, I do be falling asleep during movies because, you know, the plight of capitalism working 9 to 5 is very exhausting. So now I fall asleep to movies. But back in the day, whenever I was young and sprightly and energetic and eager to learn about all things, I was like, let me stay up. But Captain America would put me to sleep because it was so fucking boring. Kind of like Tony in the cave. Ah, fair. Right. Yeah. So, when I saw this, and now in my rewatch, and I just know all of the Things. meetings, it just makes me cry. So, I think it's a very notable moment to notate.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it gets brought up later, too, which is really sweet.
0: So, now we enter to the secret Hydra base, where we... Walk into the shop and it's wonderful weather this morning, isn't it? Yes, but I always carry an umbrella.
1: Yep, and I had a note that <laughs> they need to get a new code phrase that's so overused. And I think that I lied when I initially thought that because I had literally only heard it in one book, The Nightingale, and then I literally was talking through it with McCary right after I said it and I put two and two together of oh, that was just the phrase used during World War II, if you were on the not-Nazi team and you were in those territories or, like, in that part of the world. Correct, because I
0: Googled it and I could not find any external sources.
1: Yeah, and that was just me not realizing that, oh, I had read World War II books, and so that makes sense that that code word would be used for those books.
0: 100%. So, next we get to Senator Brandt and Fred Clemson quotes from the State Department
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: because they're all here to witness. It's almost like a surgery. You know, they have the little gallery, and then they have what's happening.
1: And yeah. But we
0: find out that Fred Clemson is actually Hydra, and he his Hydra name is Heinz Kruger. And <laughs> the senator says, whenever they see Steve, he says, someone get this kid a sandwich. <laughs> Which is rude yet funny, and then we see Howard Stark. And anytime I see Howard Stark, I just say yay!
1: I get so excited. He's such
0: good vibes. And yes. then uh, this is the actually the exact moment Maddie said they did such a good job casting him because you got excited. I did. You got excited when you saw him again, and you were like, "Damn, this is giving me RDJ hype vibes." Oh uh, yes. So we're getting ready for the sh- for the surgery, and Steve gets the shot. And he goes, "Wow, that wasn't that bad." He's like, that was a penicillin. Okay. And then we're like, okay, Stark, let's start it. And my note was, pull the lever, Stark! And I have been on a very aggressive Emperor's quoting new journey. journey yes, Emperor's New Groove quoting journey. Like, I have quoted Emperor's New Groove so many times, it's gotten, like, weird. <laughs> and as that comes, I'm just saying... The more you talk about llamas, the more llama references enter your life. I will just say that. And I'll elaborate if you Gmail me or message me on the Insta. Message me on the Insta. I tagged us. if you want to hear about my llama references. Okay. Pull the lever, Stark. And Steve says, it's probably too late to go to the bathroom, right? (laughs) Ha ha, he's showing how cute and funny and witty he is. But then he starts screaming, and he's not okay. And then they're like, kill the reactors, and he's like, "No,
1: I can do it!
0: Because
1: he is a superhero. And he's used to the pain, and he's used to getting beat up, and that was my note. Because he's like, man, I've been through it. If this is going to make me... And, again, this goes back to him just wanting to be a soldier. He's like, I don't give a... Superhero mentality! I want this, and I will do whatever it takes to, to get it. Whatever
0: it takes. There is a superhero mentality that you and I do not have, which I will elaborate on later as well. And Maddie, cheers, because as he gets out of the pod, Captain America is here. Woo! And boy, is his chest big.
1: And shiny and... And
0: taut. <laughs> and, and nice. And, um... Tune into our other podcast of adjectives that we come up with for. I realized that a little bit whenever we were talking about Thor, we sounded super, like, lame and girly. So, for our boy listeners, we will not bore you. But for the girl listeners, if you want to tune in, just call me. All right. (laughs) So, Captain America, he's so fucking hot. And Fred, what's his name? Fred Clemson, he leaves that little weird thing on the chair, which obviously, if it gets a full, like, yeah. solo pan shot, we know it's important. Yep. And we realize that this is a bomb. And what happens? Stanley Tucci
1: goes bye bye. I said, no, the doctor. Erskine dies. And then I said, so many people oh, have died already.
0: Yes. This is hardcore. We're back in like the Iron Man one days,
1: where. But instead of dying. the good people or the bad people dying, the good people are. Yes, dying.
0: even the old lady with the umbrella. I color. literally
1: said the old lady. What the fuck? I said
0: Fred Clemson kills the old lady equals angry Steve. Mm-hmm. And these movies are hardcore. I'm glad that we're back into that because I felt like it got a little soft there for a minute, and now we're back into like the hardcore shit. Yeah. And Super Soldier Cap running, but he doesn't know how to control it yet, because... He's he's never been this tall before, (laughs) or this buff. Or this fast, and he's running barefoot, and you did hear that he was filming Barefoot and That's not true. I don't know. Here's the thing. In my mind, if it's true and I Google...
1: It should show up immediately. Exactly.
0: Like, Iron Man Alicia Keys. And whenever I did Google that, yes, articles came up, but it wasn't, like, whenever it doesn't show me, like, the answer, yeah. I get skeptical. And so I was like, okay, Maddie, this is great, I love it, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, she heard that she he was actually filming barefoot unanswered. But he does grab a door off of a taxi cab, which foreshadows him using a shield, and then we just see how... Well, because he also used a shield when he was getting beat up by the movie theater guy. He used a
1: trash can lid. Oh my god, I did not even write that down or notice that. Amazing. It's almost like each iteration of him like fighting has led to the cause the first one was round. And we a, haven't even got to the shield yet. Yeah, and the second one had a star on it and it's like a piece of- You notice the star? I didn't I, even notice the star. Yeah, yeah, the star on the door. <gasps> well, so we're we're elevating, we're escalating. And first of all,
0: I don't even know when I mentioned this, but I would have given up as soon as Stanley Tucci died, I wouldn't have left. I would have cried there with him and
1: I would have said, Goodbye, Hydra Assassin. We'll see you later. And I would have cried with him and I would have said, Guys, have you die. Stanley Tucci's and dead. This is the difference between me and him. Yeah. Oh, also, I had one yes. other note. I did hear, and I forgot to mention this while we were watching the movie, that unwell. Sit well. Sit well? No. Our girl Carter. Asian Peggy Carter? Yes. Haley Atwell. Atwell. So I heard that she did not mean to, like, touch his chest. That is true. And that she was just so distracted and overwhelmed by the glistening chest that she just reached out and touched it. And so I thought that was really funny, because honestly, I would probably do the same. <laughs> that is true. I'm a pro-feminist podcaster over here, and I didn't want to mention that moment of weakness. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> he's, um, he's learning his body. He's, he's got the shield yep.
0: foreshadowing. Then we go to the evilness. We get the, tr- I mean, again, the Nazis. Yes. They're like, a kid? Absolutely. We'll grab the kid and Bareilla. use it as a hostage, throw it in the river. But of course, which is exactly what I thought, maybe it's because I've seen it so many times, but the kid's like, definitely a, of age of knowing how to swim. So he's like seven years old. He's like, don't worry, I can swim! I mean, like, and I know you and I don't really understand ages of kids, because we don't have kids. Yeah. But, like, I knew that that kid, if he got thrown in the water, I was like, okay, who really cares? Like, I mean, grab
1: something, bro. Yeah, it was a weird scene. But
0: no, it was funny, because it's like, hey, I know how to swim, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so then, once again, fucking Cap, which I didn't think I got to elaborate just too much, but I'm just saying, we talked about it a previous podcast we are not superheroes no i would not this motherfucking captain america steve rogers does not quit he's like oh he gets into a secret submarine machine i'm gonna dive in and follow him in there i'm like no at that point i give up
1: he got away yeah darn steve does not give up and i said damn he's got a valet submarine (laughs) Like, ballet-style submarine. Bro, straight
0: up, like, he just pushed an evil button.
1: He had a walkie-talkie evil button. Yeah, Steve was like, um, nope, we're going to swim after. And punch through the, like, this guy was like, escaped him, thank
0: God. And little do you know, like, because here's my thing, two sides. If I'm Captain America, I'm giving up. If I'm the evil guy, I'm like, definitely that guy's giving up. (laughs) I'm good. Like, I would have never... Like, the kid grabbing was probably like... He's like, oh my god, this guy's still coming after me. I've got to really go hard. (laughs) Like, I would... And this comes back whenever he's chasing the plane. There's just no... He's DeLulu. Yeah. Anyway, um, I noticed just, I would have given up so long ago. <laughs> and, th- and here's the thing. Here is the reason that I'm justified, because Captain America does all this work to get the guy, and he literally kills himself. He says, first, I am the first. Who are you? I'm the first of many. Cut off one head, two more take its place, like the Greek mythological Hydra yep. that I had to fight in the Kingdom Hearts video game multiple times in the Hercules world, because every time you fucking kill him, two more take its place, which is a really annoying enemy. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Um, Hell Hydra. First time we hear
1: that. Oh, Yeah and he takes a cyanide tooth cap and kills himself. So I thought he broke a tooth when I first watched it and I wanted to throw up. And then I realized when he was foaming at the mouth that he had taken like a capsule.
0: So you want to throw up even if you see a broken tooth, not even if there's blood and gore.
1: When I heard the click of the breaking capsule and I thought it was the click of a breaking tooth, my tummy went upside down and I wanted to throw up. Okay. Literally okay. the sound. I'm That's not
0: discrediting it. your feelings That's whatsoever. why the book that I'm happen. reading
1: so hard is so hard to get through. Because I'm not hearing anything, not seeing anything. I'm literally reading it, and I'm disgusted. Okay. Ugh.
0: Okay, so the Fuhrer, now we cut to a new scene with the Johann Schmidt, mm-hmm. and the Fuhrer is firing him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and literally he goes, is it because I do not meet, oh, my God, my German accent. He's like, do I not need his Aryan views anymore? And he's like, no, motherfucker, it's because you're crazy. And then they go and they look and they see that not only is he very much advanced with his technology, but he's planning to decimate not only every hostile
1: capital. But Berlin.
0: But Berlin, a.k.a. he's like, no, fuck Adolf, bro. I'm going to beat his ass, too. And he decimates all the men.
1: Bro, I was shocked that that thing legitimately makes people disappear. No trace. No ashes, nothing. Absolute demolished. It's the cosmic cube. It is wild.
0: Um, so now we flash back to Captain America getting his blood drawn with Peggy Carter, and they're like, "We need to see your blood because this is Stanley Tucci's S- soldier serum died with him." Yep. And this is why it didn't work with the Hulk
1: because yeah. it was all it was a
0: blood. convoluted and. Yeah. So they're taking Steve's genetic code to try to start over. The colonel is such a fucking dick. He is honestly, I thought he was the villain at the beginning. (laughs) And he's like, you are not enough to help us. And he wants to send him to New Mexico or something to send him off. But the senator is like, listen, baby, i got a different idea for you. And Cap starts becoming the spokesperson for war bonds to help make bullets.
1: I said, poor Steve. That costume looks really silly. The little wings on the side of his little—that's literally his costume. I hate it. That's his costume. I don't like it at all. I know
0: it's actually horrible. His his one thing about Captain America is he's very cheesy. So Captain America, his new job is kissing babies, making commercials, yep. and doing skits of him knocking out Hitler. Which again, seeing Hitler depicted in a Disney superhero movie just kind of shook me because it's too real. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what makes it weird. Yeah. Is what I'm just now realizing right now. is It's not a supervillain. It's a real person that it's existed a, in a, our
1: lives. A real life villain that, that existed on this <sighs> earth.
0: And so, then of course, this leads to Captain America comic books and films in the movie, which is very meta, because that's what happened in life. And I
1: loved it. I thought it was so fun. Loved the comic reference. Well, the exact cover that we see is the exact number one. I had a feeling. Had to be an
0: easter egg. And so, but then, all of this is to say, with all the beautiful women and the knocking out, now we're in Italy, and Mm -hmm. he's doing it in front of fucking troops, who are actually fucking fighting. And he's not fighting. He's being a Barbie doll.
1: Not for lack of wanting to, though. No!
0: Exactly, but not for actually, yeah, 100%. But they're not happy, and they start throwing tomatoes at them.
1: Where did they get the tomatoes? How do you just pull a tomato out of your fucking back pocket? You're in Italy. When you're in Italy, and you're in the grimy, like,
0: you're, I would think you would have potatoes.
1: The food that they're eating is probably out of a fucking pack. But no, they pull out fucking ripe right red tomatoes.
0: You know, that's the beauty of cinematography, oh, baby.
1: I was just... Could
0: not. I know. Maddie literally said, Where do they get tomatoes? And it was hilarious. And then Steve is not happy with himself. He's pissed. And he we cut to him at in the backstage. And this is something I didn't know. You saw him sketching him as a dancing monkey. Yep. Guess what? This is a nod to in the comics he is an alter ego. Who's an artist?
1: Oh. Because I was like, how does he draw so good? I was really impressed with My the monkey is
0: two circles. <laughs> one oval. I'll draw my monkey and I'll post it on the Instagram. Perfect. Is, um, Peggy has an inspiration talk to him, which she literally came out of nowhere. I don't know if they've seen each other for a while, because he was on tour. He,
1: he hadn't, and I'm pretty sure she knew where he was going to be and went there to see him. Ooh, what a good, ooh. Because she talks to him about, like, getting involved, other than Yes! This, no, she's, she's yeah, yeah, she's probably, yeah, she's probably the other ulterior motives, and then
0: we find out, no, in fact, I think she's the one who piques his interest about the 107th Infantry Regiment Bucky's troop. Yeah. And this is where we flash now. He's like, what the fuck? Now I have something to care about. Goes to Colonel, he's like, do you know James Bucky Barnes, James Barnes? He's like, that sounds familiar. Um, I'm pretty sure he's dead, and they are all captured, and I'm not going back for them. Because they're 30 miles behind enemy lines in Austria. And he's like, so you're not going to do anything. Nope. And you can't either, you little chorus
1: girl. And I said, then use him, bitch. I was furious at this no. moment. When he calls him a chorus girl or ma- just makes fun of him just in general. he's doing the bare... He's doing anything.
0: He was going to send him to the other camp. Oh. So he's like, fuck you, if I can at least... Help my troops in some way, and now he's like, oh no, you decided,
1: it. fuck him. I literally hated him in this moment so freaking much. <laughs> fuck you, Tommy Lee
0: Jones. But goes to show something to his characterization of how unlikable he is. Yeah. Because he's an old war cat colonel, which is a very likable, you know... It's unlikable. No, because the military is definitely negatively depicted in the entire MCU, which we could write a goddamn essay about. Second podcast, like, (laughs) military fucking depictions in the MCU. But he's, because, and I have a note later about his... Character arc, yeah. So, Maddie's pissed. Maddie's fucking pissed during the movie. She's pissed. And, but of course, Peggy, our girl, is like... (sighs) Let's break the rules. And we're going rogue, and she gets him a plane. Not only is it a plane, how'd she get a plane? It's Stark's plane. I said, hell yeah, Howard. And then he's like, hey, Peggy, after we drop off Cap, maybe we could go get some fondue. (laughs) And Cap's like, you two fondue? Uh, Okay, so, like, there's something going on between you two. And Peggy doesn't answer. Because if you remember what I just said fondue rhymes with going on between you two. So in Cap's mind, there's something more going on. Yeah. And Peggy doesn't answer. She just completely diverts the topic. She does, yeah. And then, before we can even get more detailed, the plane starts being attacked. Cap's like, I gotta get out. And then we screen change. Back to Hydra Base. Schmidt is telling the Dr. Zola to increase the outputs to the prisoner workforce by 60%. He's like, but they'll die. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Because oh. it's, it's basically alluding to the concentration camp 100%.
1: Workforce. And this is where my note is just like, holy cow. I mean, Schmidt was already evil, but golly it just made my stomach hurt so... Like, this scene just really gave me such icky feelings. And this is where I also said... Isn't Schmidt a Jewish name?
0: Yes, and I did not write that down, but that's fucking hilarious. And that is also an allusion to the Führer, Adolf Hitler, who was also Jewish fucking descent and hated that part of him, which is almost why maybe Schmidt tried to destroy himself mm. by becoming the red skull. And which is also alluding to back to your underlying homophobic reasoning. Oh,
1: yeah. Like with Loki it's, it's genocide. Of, it's, I want to kill the thing that I'm a part of that I hate. And that's what these comics were.
0: These comics were born and bred in times of political unrest. Yeah. And they were meant to be commentary on it. Yeah. In a way that is separate. So, human beings who look at this and read it and are like, Oh my gosh, that's very clearly the bad guy. That's very clearly the good guy. But then they they realize that they are embodying the ideals and archetypes of the bad guy. That causes, hopefully, which is what I consider the intent, to cause self-reflection on these bad guys. Yeah. So, back at the Hydra base, Schmidt, who is a Jewish name, we're increasing the power, which is elusive to concentration camp workers. And then we finally get to actually see the 107th. Oh, yeah. Which, they're called the 107th, I know that I during the movie I was talking to you a lot about how I don't know what the hell they're called. The Infantry Regiment. From now on, we're going to call them the 107th. Okay. That's their name. Yeah. So, this is the first time we get to see them. And we get introduced to the Big Red Mustache. And oh, I, love I need him. you really quickly to Google the name Neil N-E-A-L. And I don't know how to pronounce this last name, but I think it's McDonough.
1: Yeah, it pops up. Somewhere. Okay, that's, look at him. No way. Can you believe it? Absolutely not. Okay, listen
0: to this. So in my notes, what? as I'm going through, I say, finally introducing the big red mustache. His name in the comics and in the movie is called Timothy Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> I am not kidding. Dum Dum, give me gum gum, right? Like straight. And he is
1: played by Neil McDonough. I don't know McDonough. I uh, I just want to say That's- McDonut, even though it's something <laughs> on the end. <laughs> So now that I've said McDonahue, that
0: just sounds right as fuck. But McDonough is great. His name is Dum Dum-Dum. Dum. Tim Dum Dum Dugan. And he, I literally wrote, no wonder he looks so familiar. He actually has white hair in real life, no mustache, and is in a ton of stuff. He's from Yellowstone, Desperate Housewives, The 100, which is another fan.
1: You as love that show. You know, yeah.
0: I mentioned it on here. He's from the movie I Know Who Killed Me which has Lindsay Lohan in it, and she's playing a twin where when she gets a limb cut off of her, the twin also gets the limb cut off of her, and one of her twins is being held captive by a serial killer, and she's trying to solve the killing. It's freaking amazing. It's one of my favorite movies. Ooh. And also he's in Minority Report with Tom Cruise, which is another great movie that I would love for you to watch. I hate Tom Cruise, but Minority Report is a very sci-fi mindfuck movie. You mm. like those, right? Like, we're at the end of the movie, it's kind of like you figure out the big plot twist and you're like... Yeah. And then he's also in Star Trek. That might be his most famous thing, but he's very noticeable. You okay. know him. For sure. Okay. We see a car. Oh, no, car. Not a car. Cap. Cap is approaching the Hydra base and, and this is where I made that note that this movie was so boring to me as a kid and I always fell asleep. Mm. But this is a very impressive uh, facility.
1: Is this when he's sneaking onto the base? Yes. Th- just the fact that like everything's dull, gray, brown, and he's got a fucking America shield that is just strapped to his back, and like you can see him like a beacon, a beacon. <laughs> and my note is. don't be suspicious
0: don't be suspicious suspicious. and he i
1: i could not that is so not inconspicuous and it was just really funny (laughs)
0: and yeah so he starts breaking in i mean he slams this guy's head in a door which was like ow and he sees a blue powered thing and he takes it which was very subtle and then um he basically gets to the cells, and we see a very handsome black man. And as soon as I saw him, I said, oh, my God, I know who that is. Well, basically all the people we're about to meet that are es- that are escaped from the prison and that he captures and that become a part of his gang. Yeah. It's basically all Captain America and the Howling Commandos. So in this movie, it's the 107th regime, but... In the com- and, and some of them are in the com- comics, some of them aren't, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're doing the movies. So, Black Guy in the Cell is part of the Hell in Commandos. His name is Gabe Jones. And he's played by Derek Luke, which has been in a lot of things. The number one thing that I realized that I knew him from was from Definitely Maybe. He's the best friend. And Definitely Maybe is probably my most favorite rom com. Oh. I know, weird. And he's also from Friday Night Lights, the movie, which is Michaela's favorite movie, or at least it was. I didn't know it was a movie. You thought it was only a show? Yeah. No, the movie Friday Night Lights has been Michaela's favorite movie since I've known her. He plays the Booby Miles. Oh. So actually for the rest of the movie I called him Booby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So then we go to um in the Along with him is James Montgomery Falsworth, which is just another character from the uh, comics. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America. That's his first self-identification.
1: And then he frees all the prisoners of
0: war. Also, that's use. so
1: cocky. Like, for him being like a humble boy, him being like, they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America. Literally. Why didn't he just say Steve? I don't... Uh, Obviously, it's partly part of the comic thing, but... Like, pause real quick.
0: What would you say, like, right now, if I was like... If you were coming to save me from, like, I was held captive, and I'm like, who are you? Would you say I'm Maddie?
1: I don't know. Because
0: I'm like, who's Maddie? Yeah, I guess fair enough. It's like if I had to give you, like, the best synopsis of who I am and why I'm here and how I got in, and that I'm not a traitor.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. So,
0: then we see, um, whenever they free all the people, remember Tim Dum Dum goes, oh, are we freeing everybody? When in, in, uh, like, direct contact to the, the Asian man whose character name is Jim Morsha, he's like, bitch, I'm from Fresno. (laughs) And his name is Kenneth Choi, the actor, and he's also in a ton of stuff. He's in House... Suicide Squad, The Wolf of Wall Street, which Mm -hmm. is probably his most notable. But for me, I just recently watched Halloween Town, because pretty much every September I watch Halloween Town.
1: I love that. Okay, have you seen... I was just thinking about Halloween Town literally, like, yesterday. Have you seen it recently? I haven't watched it in a long time. Okay,
0: you should watch it whenever Marnie, the main character, is buying her first broom, and she's at that broom shop, and there's that weird guy who's, like, a skeleton with, like, a...
1: that's him. Oh,
0: he's in Halloween. Like he's one of his main his earliest creditings is in Halloween time as the Skeleton Dude. That's funny. So I'll send you I'll send you a pic. I'll put it in. Yeah. The, I'll put it on the Insta. Um, and then there is a spoiler that we will reference later. Now, another main character of the Howler Brigade, whatever they're called, is Bruno Ricci, which is the French guy okay. who talks with Booby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. whose
0: name is, is Gabe. So they're the two who speak French. Um, and he's the one who shoots that Tesseract weapon and disintegrates. Oh Because yeah. remember, they get out and they start just... And they're just
1: fucking killing people. I mean, they're... How the cool is it. that?
0: Like, I get to free a big prisoners, and I don't have to worry about if they can defend themselves, because they're all fucking soldiers. Yeah. Which is like, if we were in the Holocaust and we... You know, it would not, I would have to protect them all if I was captured. I
1: didn't even think they could run out, because, so it's like, they're lucky that they weren't even, like, decimated enough, and they could still fight back. Exactly.
0: And so then there's just the little tiny scene, which I love, um, where Dum-Dum Dugan and Booby get into the tank, and he knows what, and this is where, I'll bring this up later, but like, so the tanks are written in German. But the planes later on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, and Jones, the booby mile, says, like, he's like, oh, I studied German and French in college.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then Schmidt sees Captain over the, so Red Skull sees Cap over the security cameras and is like, bro, we're fucked. Let's self-destruct. But before that, Cap finds Bucky and he goes, oh, my God, I thought you were dead. And Bucky's like, oh, my God, I thought you were smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, they escape together because this is Captain's main priority. And then this is whenever Red Skull and Captain finally meet face to face. And this is where Red Skull finally divulges his backstory of him being kind of the first guinea pig, or uh, yeah. I guess we should call him the first gerbil. Of the super <laughs> soldier serum, and he became a Red Skull, and it's whenever he removes his face. Yeah. Which, earlier, we had seen his face start getting really weird red marks on the yeah, side. Yeah, it, it looks like, like scratches was scratches or
1: bleeding. From his ears. Yeah.
0: But he's like, listen, bitch, I know I'm not as strong as you, basically, so bye-bye. And he escapes to the roof and gets into the rocket. And I didn't mention earlier, but that little guy, that little Dr. Zola guy, remember whenever, like, he said that he needed a bump up the out, out work to 60%, and Zola was like, but sir, we're already doing 100%, you know? Yeah. It made him so, like, relatable and nice. It, yeah. It made you feel bad for him. Yeah. And you shouldn't, because he's a horrible guy. Yeah. He is not a redeemable character. He does not redeem himself by the end of this movie. Mm-mm. He is a bad guy. He's just weak. Yeah. And just... Like in like and that, but Ugh. he uses it for evil, and you see that as soon as they capture him later on. So, yeah. Um. But this is a callback. He's like, "Well, where do I sit?" You know, you feel bad for him. You're like, "Oh my god, is the little Dobby gonna get? Is little Dobby gonna get left?" But no. So, and you you remember that rocket that Schmidt escaped from? Yeah. With the blades. Yeah. That is based on a real Nazi design called the,
1: Tribe. Fugel-Greger. treibalfugel Yeah, we we don't speak German. (laughs) I will put...
0: I tried to Google the the translation, and there was zero Google results.
1: Yeah.
0: No one does. So anyway, but it was actually based on a real Nazi design. That's really cool. Yeah, and so um, little Zola escapes in the Hydra car. Then we see Bucky and Cap starting to... Like, maybe escape during that creepy skywalk, you know, theme. beam. And then it kind of blurs out, and then we see Colonel, and he's like, Well, I guess Captain is declared dead, and he tries to punish Peggy because she's the one who facilitated the entire thing. And she's like, But I have faith. And then, as per typical Marvel superhero, great moment, they
1: all come back and they're alive. Yeah, and I said, Um... Captain A is back with his boys.
0: Captain A, whenever you said that, I literally thought Captain Ahab
1: from, like, Moby Dick.
0: (laughs) I don't know, just because, like, I don't call him Captain A. His name is Cap.
1: Well, that was, yeah, that was just my note. I know, I love it. But, yeah, I was excited that he was, like, rolling with his boys, and they were all, like, walking into camp. Um, And, yeah, no, this is whenever he establishes the boys, because, well, and
0: this is also, before we get to that, he's awarded the Medal of Valor. But he's not there to accept it. And then we see the wait, wait, wait. What was that? Did you hear that? Is it the thunder? No. I think it's the Stanley, Stanley surprise! surprise! At one hour, twelve minutes, and seventeen seconds, we see Stanley, who has zero contribution to Captain America's origin. Yeah. But he says, whenever the like stand-in comes to take the award. He goes,
1: I thought he'd be taller. That was so good. I thought it was the person to like tell him that he wasn't coming, and he just—I don't know—but it was really good. So cute. He's just freaking adorable, and it's such a
0: good. It takes you kind of out and puts you back in. Yeah, it's like a re reju- a rejuvenation. So yeah. As you were mentioning about his boys, they're giving after he did this. Now they're like, "You're not a chorus girl." You are actually legit, and we're going to give you a whole team to wipe all of Hydra's bases off of the map. And he's like, okay, but actually I'm going to recruit my own team, and it's basically going to be the 107th regime that I just saved. saved." (laughs) So, fun fact, we see Booby Miles and the French guy, a.k.a. Gabe Jones and Bruno. They speak in French. You remember that scene? Yeah. I have the translation. Oh. He says, Well, do you want to fight? And the French guy says, I will fight until the last of those bastards are dead, chained, or cry like a little baby. And then Gabe says, I hope it is all three and the French guy says, Me too. And then the booby guy goes, Well, we're in. I
1: love that. And then
0: he goes to Bucky and Bucky's like, I won't follow Captain American, but I'll Captain America, but I'll follow Steve Rogers. Ugh. And then we—I mean, bros, as before, bros, for life, bro, bros, bros before—I <laughs> mean—and then enter the enter the nuclear explosion hoe <laughs> in stunning red, oh, which is showstopper, Peggy. Which let me just tell you, I didn't write this down because I didn't know I was going to say it, but that dress that she's wearing, the red dress, was created and meant for the movie *Inglorious Bastards*. About Nazis, oh. but never used. So they gave it to the. the
1: That's 19th, really cool. Yeah,
0: and she addresses Cap. All she's there to do, all she's there to do, is tell him that Howard Stark needs him. But Bucky is trying to hit on her, and he's completely invisible. And this is his Ignored. first time truly realizing that, like. Captain America is not only his... It's like Steve. Steve Rogers is not only his equal, mm-hmm. but it's better. But this is, once again, a perfect moment for them to show a little... Foreshadow a little bit of, like, jealousy, sinister, nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. He is
0: happy and go,
1: like, lucky, you know... Happy-go-lucky about... Yeah, he goes, I'm invisible. What am I? Turning into you? And it's like a joke. Like, yeah. it's not... There's no animosity. Then- It's just such a pure bromance. It's pure.
0: Because fucking never, oh my god, it's so rare. And that's why he fucking dies in a couple scenes. So we cut to Howard studying the Tesseract power from what Steve stole from the Hydra base. And it blows up. And then (laughs) we go to, like that was just a little cut scene because then we show Cap coming to try to meet Howard. And that's when we meet Private
1: Lorraine. The Blondie, who... Basically sexually assaults Captain America, but... I
0: mean, he was not saying no. Mm -hmm. He never once said no. In fact, he very much was grabbing hips and kissing back.
1: I'm just salty because I wanted Peggy to be his first kiss, and I'm just mad. And I understand, but what I want to say is
0: a woman coming onto a man and trying to kiss him
1: could easily... Be told no.
0: And yeah. not be able, it's just not like she overpowered him.
1: That's true. I she just, did not overpower I'm him. I'm still allowed to not like it, so sorry, I didn't mean to use the word sexually assaulted, but That's okay. I, I was just mad. That's okay.
0: So but we are upset because this is technically his first kiss, and Peggy catches him right in the act, and he didn't he didn't insinuate it, he didn't initiate it. I know. And but then, you know what, he immediately, which in my case, I don't know why Captain America, I'm, like, siding with him so hard because he's usually my least favorite, but he's right. He's like, well, what about you fun doing with Howard? And what does she say? Nothing. She's like, I'm not even going to dignify you with a response. To me, that shows that they're both playing games.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: especially because it's not like she was throwing her panties off Whenever he was skinny, Steve. Yeah. Maybe she gratified him with, like, eye contact, but it's not like she was
1: showing her bosom. Yeah. Okay? So, you know, they're both playing games. Also, the fact that Captain America didn't know what fondue was was, like, really sad, but also hilarious. No,
0: literally, next scene. So, wait, fondue is just cheese and bread? (laughs) Oh and that goes God. to show, again, another pure aspect of this movie in that Howard is not an enemy and not, you know, competition. He's a friend. He's like, listen, bud, fondue is just cheese and bread, and I'm way more focused on my work.
1: Yeah.
0: And we see, I mean, how true of a friendship that is. Yeah. And this is just pureness. So Howard wanted to show Captain a new shield. And yes. he takes the shield, and it's made of vibranium. Which I'm not going to talk about now. But in the comics, it was also part adamantium, which is not discussed in the movies whatsoever because it is the indestructible metal that makes up Wolverine's claws.
1: Oh. Which, guess
0: who we do not fuck with at this point? Fox-owned Wolverine X-Men. sure. Gotcha. So we cut that shit out. And Cap's like, well, will that extra protect me? And of course, hella pissed off, Peggy comes in, glock, glock, bop,
1: bop. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, bitch. Ooh, that means she's a gangster. Homegirl just shot him up. Knowing no, <laughs> she's like, you kissed another girl? I. I, and then they are both basically like cowering in their boots. And my note was, I love when men are scared of women. Re-sweet. What's your second drink you're drinking? A lemon cello. Lemon cello? Cello. (laughs) Cello. This is like the Celtic and Celtic. I took, is it cello or cello? It's cello. It's totally cello. Well, one time I went to a fancy Italian restaurant and they gave you. Complimentary, even though the meal was really expensive. Lemon cello Shots. They're not shots. They're liqueur. You're supposed to sip on them. Cordials. Lows.
0: They're cordials.
1: Yeah, dude, I took that hoe as a shot and almost died. Well,
0: maybe it's because you didn't respect its name.
1: <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so it cursed your esophagus. Bro, I thought I was gonna die in this fancy Italian restaurant.
0: Straight up. Um You and I
1: and our pronunciation guide could also be a
0: whole separate podcast. We could just just say, where is it me and Maddie pronounced differently? Anyway, Captain America and the Howling Commandos take out Hydra bases in a montage sequence. The Red Skull keeps seeing all of his Hydra facilities being destroyed, and... He has his car.
1: Yeah, this is where I said the red guy's car is giving me Corolla DeVille vibes.
0: <laughs> which, 100%, I need to literally, can you write this down? I need to make an Insta post of, like, the Hydromobile versus <laughs> the Corolla DeVille mobile. And this is the first instance in which Cap uses his shield as a boomerang. And then there's also that awesome scene of Jim, aka the Asian from Fresno, who bombs that car by rolling under it. Like this montage oh, is not yeah. like a normal montage that's easily ignorable. Like it's still it amazing footage. And there's the footage from like caps his progress of his team, which shows his little locket with Peggy in it. Oh. And Reg's Red Skull is big man. That's my note. Big and man. then I say, uh oh. Okay, here we go. The winter train mission. Uh oh. Cause you knew what was gonna happen. I knew what was gonna happen. This is Ugh. so like detrimental. And but then I figured out why they're even there and it's because they tracked Doctor Smallface Dobby Zola to the train that yes. they're trying to capture him. Yep. And they zip line and I was like, Holy shit, that looks amazing. I would <laughs> love to zipline through
1: the snowy mountains. I'm sure there's a place you can do that.
0: Maybe because I've only done it like Costa Rica and all yeah, that. Yeah, like super- in
1: summary. And places. I don't I
0: don't want like I wanna be like over vast mountainscapes, like terrifying. I wanna be terrified. So, um we get on the train and Maddie
1: Yeah I wanna I, talk about this. I don't understand how people can run on top of trains. It's in movies all the time. And my brain will not allow me to understand how the train is moving so fast. And I just, did like, you aren't the forces stick? going backwards? But wait,
0: didn't you stick to Mr. Ayers, Dr. Ayers physics class?
1: Yeah, and I don't even you remember it. And I probably you did AP failed. Yeah. I re- you didn't take the AP test, did you? I did. I'm pretty sure I passed it somehow, some way. Because physics is basically just a bunch of applied maths. Which okay, but no, but part.
0: that's what, that's what train math is physics. And I dropped that fucking class, which is one of, like, I think that that's maybe where, like, I don't know, because we drifted a little bit apart in high school, and I'm wondering if maybe that was the first assistant. It was physics. (laughs) Maddie stayed in honors physics, AP physics, and I was like, you think you're smarter than me? Because I can't do this shit. I don't understand it. I still, to this day, do not understand physics. And there's this TikTok. She's like, okay. And... We're going to get visual here, so just bear with me, podcast listeners. All right, we got a train. On top of the train, if I jump up, the train moves and I'm here. Yes. But inside the train, if I jump up, I'm still at the same distance. She's like, somebody explain to me how that happens. And I think I know the answer. It's because of external forces. Yeah. When.
1: Because you're in a vacuum in exactly. the compartment, and that vacuum's removed when you're on top of the car. So you do know. It's just math. The moving forward still doesn't make sense to me. Like, the forces are hard. Like, they're just, like, hopping from car to car, going forward. They're not running backwards. They're not running against. No, because if you're running forward with the train,
0: your forces align. Your no, forces combine. They do not. Okay, well, because I don't like you just
1: said, if you jump up, the train moves this way. That's because
0: I'm not moving forward anymore. But if I'm running forward, at the same time the train is moving forward, then the forces combine, and we... We combine, yes.
1: I don't think that's right, but we're going to skip over this part. I don't hey, want to talk about it anymore. It's, we know, I know you know.
0: I know that you know somebody who's smart at physics. I know you know.
1: I'll I'll ask my friend Josh if he knows anyone. That's, Josh Ramos? Yeah, he's the only, like, person who would have been in maybe, oh, no, yeah, I can ask Sean. We can ask Mike Schubert. If he was in it. Engineer. Engineers are not the same as physics people. But some engineers. So Sean's an astro, astro, astro astrophysicist? Not physicist, but like he, he did airplane physics, which I think would be a good person call to call him to. up.
0: All right. Train physics. Train fight scene. And all I have for my notes for that is train fight scene and then Bucky go bye bye. Which that's my note for any time somebody dies. Loki, go bye-bye. Stanley Tucci, go bye-bye. Bucky, go bye-bye. I, 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 I'm sorry if that's, like, so cringe. It cringes myself. Uh, it makes
1: me cringe, but when I'm watching the movie, that's what I say. I just said that Bucky, exclamation point, my heart is broken. Oh, that's Steve Rogers' best friend.
0: Oh, and they just, oh. And like, it happened so quick, I'm not going to lie. My note, and I even mentioned this to you, yeah, was huh? I remember Bucky's death being way more dramatic. But maybe I just made that up in my head because it just, like, consistently gets brought up. Um, because Steve is really not okay with
1: it. Yeah, his best friend died. He loved him so much. He lo- That was the
0: person he loved most in this world. Do you understand? Like, I do. Ugh. I do. I think I
1: do understand that. I know you <laughs> understand. And I just...
0: But the good news is that we do catch Zola. And that is very good news because... The mission was not for naught. And this is the first person that we've caught that doesn't kill himself. And mm-hmm. you have a note.
1: Oh, yeah. I said, what's with the milk and steak?
0: <laughs> no, not yet. You said... <laughs> Maybe you didn't write it down because you said it out loud. But she goes,
1: "Uh oh, they have small face." Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it was like more of your just like out loud commentary about how small and centered his face. I just cracked every it time it up.
1: like popped up as big on the screen, it took me.
0: Oh, just wait, just fucking wait. So they gave him a great meal, which, like you said, again, but the milk, milk, like, well, funny thing, I think the milk is purposeful because it's dairy. And Zola doesn't eat meat. Maybe he's vegan, which is an allusion to Hitler because he was also vegetarian. Oh. Isn't that a weird thing? Yeah. Like, you're telling me the most murderous human being in our existence didn't eat meat? Yeah, that's... Okay.
1: That's really weird. Anyway, but
0: that's also maybe because he believed in his superior race, and maybe meat does bad things to our health sometimes. I don't know. You know. I'm not a vegan, and I'm not a vegetarian, but... He didn't... Zola did not kill himself, which means that he wants to live. And Schmidt wants to kill everyone and everything, which is the ultimate uh, knowledge gain from that meeting. Yep. So now we see Cap in the bar, and he's so sad. And he's oh. trying to drink away his sorrows, but he can't get drunk because he's his cells are so regenerative, and his metabolism acts so fast that his cells ultra heal and, and he can't drink enough to get drunk
1: no. fast enough.
0: Like literally it would take him. I mean, I don't even a full bottle of rumple and maybe he'd be drunk for five minutes. Yeah. Right. And, um, but here's an amazing thing is that Peggy tells cap to allow Bucky the dignity of his decision because did oh. he decide to be there? Yes. Did he decide to follow Steve Rogers? Yes. So, was it your fault that he
1: died? No. I loved that so much. I thought it was so beautifully said. Oh, I want to get it... That's the quote I'm going to get tatted. Allow the dignity of his
0: choice. That doesn't sound good. I would say allow the... the, The dignity of decision. Yeah, something like that. The dignity of decision. And I put as a note... Um, stop blaming yourself. It was his choice, and I want to tell this to every main character in every book I've ever read.
1: Honestly.
0: Because <laughs> yeah. if I could just eliminate the chapters of guilt, mm. get the fuck over. I want to
1: read. That's like, also because you don't have necessarily. anybody? Well, I don't think you feel guilt as much as maybe some other people do. <laughs> <laughs> not I'm like. Shots fired! Not, you know? not like in a sociopathic way, but like you live your life in a very like. I know what I'm doing, and, like, I... I make the decisions. The things that I do don't lead to, like, regret or, like, second-guessing, and so it's not like that you're not... (laughs) I'm not saying that you're, like, a psychopath. All I'm saying is that you don't necessarily make decisions that would lead you into a guilt. 100%.
0: If some... Like, that is 100%, because if me and Sebastian, me and Bucky were on that train, and I tried to save him and he went away, like, I would... I, you
1: would be sad, but you would not feel guilty. But then again, I you've never been in this situation. I literally
0: truly appreciate your perspective and I do not resent it any, and by any means, but I think it's also hand in hand with I have not experienced true loss. My mm. only loss that I have experienced are fourth dimension comrades, like and acquaintances, or very elderly family members, yeah. or maybe a distant relative. Nothing that has ever stabbed my soul, and I am very scared for when that happens, because I do not know if I'll be emotionally able to handle it. Yeah, grief... And maybe then I'll be able to write a book about grief.
1: Grief is hard, and you'll At, experience grief, but guilt would be hard, because you would have to be in a weird circumstance to feel guilt over somebody's death. Right. Like that's and a so really there, unique so circumstance. So, Cap is
0: dealing with grief and guilt, because he was right there, maybe he could have grabbed him.
1: Yeah. He had to watch it. Yeah, watching... That's probably really... Oh... Yeah. I can understand where he's coming from.
0: Agreed. But I cannot relate to it. Yeah. I cannot. Mm -hmm. And I have no empathy. I can only have sympathy.
1: Same. So,
0: maybe I need to be more sensitive to the main characters in my books. (laughs) Um, But now we are going to just funnel and fuel, and we're, we're very much almost done. We are going to funnel and fuel that rage and guilt and grief into disintegrating the Red Skull. And they're like, but what do we do? Well, we're going to go straight to them.
1: Knock on their front fucking door, baby. And what are we going to
0: do? We're going to ride the motorcycles and...
1: At dawn we ride! At dawn we ride! (laughs) Maddie, hilarious. She said that during the movie, which made me cackle. LOL. Um, Also, we missed just a really quick cutscene to, like, the place of the evil people. And they're all, like, wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And I just had one quick note that said, I think villains hide their minions' faces because they don't care about them, and it makes them less human.
0: Exactly. It makes them less individual. Yep. It makes them a mass identity. And 100%, that is a key technique in film, books, all those things.
1: Yeah. So that was just a quick note.
0: Um, it's super badass how they're all on motorcycles, though. Love it. Really hot. Like, it makes Captain America less nerdy. And mm-hmm. more badass, because he is kind of nerdy with his little wings. And immediately we see Cap going in, and he gets surrounded and captured, and I get a little scared, but he goes, I can do this all day. Ugh. I can do this all
1: day. I love it. I put that quote down.
0: And then the Red Skull goes, I want to type schedule, which just reminds me of, like, whenever we say mature. Ew. That should be our poll. That's going to be our poll. Do you say mature?
1: Or mature N- no one says the latter some people do you are one percenters <laughs> not
0: me I'm and not in the
1: good kind of way <laughs> yeah that's weird we'll make um, that a poll.
0: I'm on a tight schedule but once it but as if Captain America couldn't make me squeal of excitement anymore that was the, the plan all along was for Cap to get captured and I love a good surprise and they bust in, and then for some reason I have the note, Okay, Peggy.
1: But I don't know what made me say that. Because she was
0: part Did she of... she
1: punch him in the face? She was part of the infantry of people coming in, and she was, like, fucking people up, shooting people. Like, she was part... Okay, she, she Peggy! Was, yeah, she was on the front lines. I also noted I love the inclusion of, like, the shotgun. Like... Who had the shotgun? It was Mustache Man. Oh, uh, Dum Dum. Oh, Dum Dum. <laughs> Bro, he had the shotgun and was just like pow, pow, just powing people down. It's so funny that Dub Dub sounds like one of our nicknames, but that's his real name. <laughs> I
0: love it. Um, so then Red Face, Scaredy Cat running away. That's my mm-hmm. know. Not Red Skull, Red Face, and Cap tries to. Oh, Captain America tries to chase the plane <laughs> on foot. Once again, DeLulu. DeLulu, for sure. Um, And again, he just doesn't think there's anything he can't do, but Peggy and Colonel have the car, and they hit the big red button to make it go super fast. And then we see Captain and Peggy's first kiss.
1: Oh!
0: Oh. Are you loving
1: it? I love it so much. (laughs) Look at Maddie, guys. Look at Maddie loving it. I love it. Theirs has been... Do you love the movie? Do you love this movie? Their, <laughs> I feel like their kiss has been, like, my favorite so far. Like, it felt just the most... I anticipated, mm-hmm. built up to, like, meaningful. Yeah, because like, I know that Thor, Thor and Natalie Portman's kiss Natalie, was, like... Natalie is a and, and it, Thor is a himbo. Yeah, but, it I just, mean... It didn't feel as... It, like, this was the most excited I felt, for sure. And then,
0: I mean, classic, typical Marvel. We look at the Colonel, he says, Well, I'm not kissing you. So funny, and this man. this is my note of that Colonel has such awesome character development and a great redemption arc. Because we... I mean, the hatred I felt for him, not even... 20 minutes ago? Yeah. That changes into, like, such love and adoration for him and so glad that he's there to deliver the line. Like,
1: his line and support. Like, he's driving the car. Like, he's getting Captain America to the plane. I'm having a seizure right now. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, so, of course, he gets on the plane. And so much happens. Yeah. And this, (laughs) this is my one point that, like, I... And we, you know... A lot of our Marvel fans are like, Maddie needs to suspend her disbelief. We don't always need to worry about all of the details. But this is a point where I'm like, why is every plane on the German ship labeled in not only English of all the cities, but literally the most basic, like, aerial-ass font I've ever (laughs) seen in my life? (laughs) Like, couldn't we have put the English... Words, but maybe in a fancy font or, to make it a little more German. Or maybe, like, somebody spray-painting it on there, like, less, like... No, I just want to see a couple, like, <laughs> dots. What's that thing with the dots above the U? I don't know. I want to see, like, in U with the dot above it, York. <laughs> you know? like And, then, like, I just want to see a little more effort. Uh, barely. I mean, it looks like somebody literally...
1: McCary was very taken no, aback. They, it
0: looks like they had a bunch of empty fucking... Uh
1: bombs? helicopters, oh. and then they
0: went in post and just went on Microsoft Word and literally typed it in and co- like, copy and paste that bitch on there. And so that pissed me off. And I was like, also and then it kind of got me on a spiral. I was like, wait, why are the Germans even speaking English? But McCary, shut up. It's a Marvel movie. So then Captain America literally fo- oh my god, and this is whenever things just stress me out. This happened with Iron Man as well, whenever that guy flew out of the plane, whenever people fly out of the plane, yes. and now all of a sudden they're just a regular, if like, human bones and skin in just the air. In the sky. I'm like, what are you going to do? And no, it's terrifying. But, leave it up to Marvel, so, um, Cap literally... Falls out of the plane, busts through.
1: He literally yeets him from the plane. 100%. And it reminded me of, like, Egyepto cuz. And what is that? That's from The Fast and the Furious 2. And I had never seen those movies before, and me and Michael just recently started watching them. Cool. But yeah, I didn't know. Now you're
0: cooler than me, because I have not seen them. I've maybe seen the first half of the first Fast and Furious film at least 10 times.
1: But that's I, all it's far I wouldn't yet. say it's worth it or not. It's just fun to watch it with Michael, because, like, obviously it he, like. He at one point. What? What? That's <laughs> am like, okay. nine goes to the moon. I'm only on, like. They the take f- a car. Just I'm only. On the I'm only on the fifth one. No. I'm on the fourth one. I'm not even on the fifth one. But I'm only on the fourth one. But I. Me and Michael say Ejecto all the time. And I. Did not know it was from the Fast and the Furious movie. Oh. So when it came on, I was like, oh my god. And Michael was like, Did you seriously not know this was from that? So when he like yeeted him out of the plane, you know. You're
0: like, f- Jack Well, Will yeah. has um buttons in his car like the cigarette lighter buttons, they say emergency ejects. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> and so, okay. So this, this is my note is that this might I think this is the most action-packed Marvel movie thus far.
1: Yeah. I mean, this one is. This is like also the f- the screams. Oh of, my god! Of the people, ah! But like fading out. Ah. <laughs> oh. Ah! <laughs> Look <at me>. oh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no. <laughs> I just couldn't every ah! every time they. Ah! <laughs>
0: so yes most action packed though for real because every single other one like this is like I feel like to me this is the level that I'm expecting so <laughs> yeah. me watching the first like four movies and seeing basically nothing no happen, action. nothing I'm like what the fuck happens in Thor he goes and tries to get the hammer <laughs> like and beef like this just not like this one is chocked full and Maddie he gets
1: into the plane Go ahead, hit me because I got a comment. Where did he learn how to fly a plane? <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much because
0: I think I told you a little bit about. Um, so, for my listeners, and I will credit this, I think it's. I just Google Marvel film guides, and it basically gives me like an annotated version of the movies. And. <laughs> The man who, or it could be a woman, I don't know. I don't know who creates this website, but they're biased, and they have definitely an artistic voice. And while I'm watching it, or while I'm reading it, the person says, Apparently, Super Soldier Serum includes aircraft piloting lessons.
1: I love that so much, because there we go, an explanation. It's a stupid one, and that's really good writing, like perfect. No, this guy, whoever
0: this person is, they they have a lot of beef with certain parts, and it is so funny, because they try to be, like, independent, but they're not. And then, um, once again, Schmidt actually voicing... Probably both of our thoughts. You just don't give up, do you? Nope. Nope. And Maddie, oh, well, it pans out to the his spacecraft that Cap overcomes, and it's like,
1: oh, where the fuck is this going? He was so high in the sky. I was like, where is he going to space? And we carry about Peter Pan. Dude,
0: every time Maddie says something in my notes, the ending phrase is "lol." <laughs> Because I literally cackle on every comment, and I'm, after watching, or after listening to Thor's episode, I've tried to stop laughing out loud as much, because <laughs> it's so embarrassing, but, um, Maddie's very funny.
1: <laughs> I try my best, but also, literally, where the fuck was he going? He was so high in the sky. like
0: his trajectory was pointing 90 degrees, and she's like, where are you going in space? Which is just funny, because, as we probably know, the Marvel Universe does go into space eventually. <laughs> Everyone go to the fucking moon. So, okay, and then this is the part where the red devil (laughs) grabs the tesseract with his bare hands Mm. and basically he opened
1: up the multiverse with an explosion and died. Yep. And that that was my note. Once again, we're opening up the multiverse. I mean, how many times? And we haven't even opened up the multiverse yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um the tesseract falls. Through all the layers, which stresses me out. There's also a Rick and Morty episode exactly on that same concept where it goes all the way down to the center of the Earth and, like, the president has to get involved. Mm. Very stressful for me. Yeah. Okay? And for this sure. was stressful because, especially because, in my mind, I thought that the Tesseract froze with Captain America. And that that's why, whenever they discovered him, that that's why the end of the scene for Loki was that they just discovered the Tesseract because they had just discovered Captain America. But that's apparently not how it goes. So just
1: yeah, because Stark was you, like, they found it. They right. Found the so, um,
0: but before we get to that, I just am seeing the tesseract fall through all the layers, and it stressed me out, and fell into the ocean, and I was like, so. Um, but now we just, I mean, before we get to that, we have to have our heart wrenching moment of Cap and Peggy talking over the intercom, and Cap is like, "Listen, bro. Listen, babe." This is my choice, just like you told me it was Bucky's choice, and I have to live with it. But this is also kind of indicative of, like, maybe he never really got over it, and he was kind of almost a little bit... Su- superheroes are very emotional. And And they're ready to kill suicidal. themselves. They are suicidal as fuck. They are, and they try to use it as martyrdom to make it for the greater good, but in reality, I think it's just because they cannot deal with their own emotions. yeah. Which helps me, I mean, I feel like I could relate to a superhero. If I had superhero powers and I could do something for good, but also maybe put myself out of my misery, I think I'd take that first boat. Yeah. Um, Anyway, (laughs) Suicide Prevention Hotline is uh, on that logic song. So, um, (laughs) come on. Peggy and him talk about the rain check on the dance. They set a date, and there is a spoiler here that I would really like to talk about in a later episode, like a much later episode that I need to remember. So I'm just all right. Spoiler, it. and then yeah, Maddie's I, second crying moment, in the MCU. I
1: said the rain check on the dance has me crying. This is and like whenever
0: it busted out and mm-hmm. the communication halted. Yeah, that killed you. I it killed her.
1: I. This is my. I feel like I might have like been, like, sad before, but... No, it was, was just... Like, what's his name? What was his name? Yemen? Yensen. Ye- Yensen. Yensen was sad, but it's like... I, d- I did cry for Yensen. That was only 30 minutes of knowing him. I know. <laughs> and I I was really sad. So this, this was, was my tragic. second real cry of the MCU, where, like, actual tears really like, coming down my face.
0: Especially because you already know that Captain America does not die. Yeah. So you know the implications of that subconsciously you do which yeah. is why your heart i mean at least that's what i'm insinuating and maddie cries whenever he goes into the ice and dies dot 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 or does he
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's the end of world war Two. yay um oh also
1: th- <laughs> one more note When um, she looks at his... Well, we're not there yet. Give me one second,
0: because I have a whole... Oh, my God, Howard is out looking for his friend, Hart, and discovers the Tesseract, or the Cosmic Cube, which threw me off, because, like I said, I thought I remembered, but whatever. This is why I'm rewatching, And this is why... This is where I came up with my whole... Of how I'm watching with the magnifying glass, which I already talked about earlier. But this is where I came up with that... Brain blast, mm-hmm. and the Colonel gives Peggy the inactive file of Steve Rogers, which has a pic of him pre cap, which is Steve Rogers whenever she met him. And Maddie, the insensitive android <laughs> of a human being, just starts. And when I, I know I've said cackling a couple times, but when I say this bitch cackled, I
1: was cackling. Like a witch. <laughs>
0: Like a fucking witch, laughing, with <laughs> tears down her face, like, freshly, like, not even dried yet. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, this is so funny, so fucking lame, so loser, he's so skinny. Ha ha ha, Peggy's such a lame No! And I'm like, Maddie, you heartless
1: fucking bitch. Way to ruin the frickin' moment. I did not say that Peggy was lame. I just said his, <laughs> his little man picture is getting to me. And could you imagine... Peggy like the only picture she has of him in his Maddie, that's how she loved him though. She loved him
0: I guess it's insinuating that she loved him before, which in my opinion, I don't think that was solidified. I don't think she gave him a single shred of She liked his personality. And was intrigued, but was like, Ugh, he's small. (laughs) Got a pass, but then he became big and she's like, Oh my god. And
1: she touched his chest and needed more of it. And
0: now, of course, now she's maybe like, well, now that he's dead, maybe I'd rather have him as skinny Steve than no Steve. Fair. Fair. But you truly embodied the pure female gaze.
1: You know what? Men get to do it all the time, so fuck you guys. I can do it, too. Fucking retweet, man. She wasn't hot, now she is hot.
0: Anyway. Um... Okay, but this isn't the end of the movie, and I know it's been a long time. Okay, cut to Steve Rogers, eyes opening. Old-timey hospital bed and radio playing a Dodgers baseball game. A military personnel, are you done with your notes? Maddie has closed her notebook. She is done. Military personnel enters and says, You're in a recovery room in New York, but Captain America ain't no simp. He says, Bro, this was a May nineteen forty one game on the radio and I was there. So where am I really? Mm Mm-hmm. He's so good. So smart. But it was a fake
1: set. Also literal. And I was so mad why didn't they turn on a better like a game after he had disappeared like why they didn't were they just do one shred of research It's yeah it's like 20 whatever like, they're doing it in now If he
0: was frozen and maybe they didn't know But like no because we know everything that happened in the 19 like 40s
1: we we had we had it would,
0: databasing. Like, it would
1: not have been hard to look up a baseball game that happened after the date that was known of his. You was two years. It yeah. doesn't
0: matter. Yeah, but it's all part of the plot. Yep. Okay, he's Chiron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all about a joke the plot.
0: To our Percy Jackson fans out there, Chiron's for the Chiron is for the plot, and Shield is, is the plot is for the plot, and so. Cap says, where am I really? And it was a fake set, which, like, let's just say, um, are you really, like, you have that literal lack of dedication that it was just four walls? You didn't think that the super soldier would bust out that hoe? Um, which is fine. It's all for the plot. I'm not here to judge. It's the very end of the movie. I'm ready for it to be over. It's been two hours. Fair. So, he's in the real world, and
1: it's in the future! And he's like, what the fuck? And Maddie said, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, like, what a fuck! You go out into New York and there's screens everywhere and he doesn't even know what a screen is? Not like a screen like that. Like, right, even they like, had
0: movies, but not like... Not like Phantom of the Opera, it's not, like, moving... Okay, so, enter Nick Fury. Which, I mean, doesn't that just excite your loins? <laughs>
1: I don't know if my loins are excited. Mine were. My tingles were tingling. But I did say, ooh, I bore Nick. I mean, it's just like something bigger is happening. Something bigger than all of us. I think I'll be more excited like once I see the Avengers movie. Do you know what I mean? Like At this point, it's like Nick's exciting, but like I haven't. What's he doing there? Yeah, like I haven't seen how he gets to put it all together. So like I'm only, I'm a fraction of the excitement that you're at right now. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. So,
0: and here's the thing. He goes, he's been asleep for 70 years. And he goes, well, I had a date. Oh, all right. Now we're going to wrap this shit up because we got to go, but
1: it's been so fun. I mean, are you okay? Yeah, and there was no deleted scene at this movie. There, there was, was a little bit, just one secret scene,
0: which, okay. It uh, was not a secret no, scene. No, I didn't know, though. I think it
1: is two separate scenes. There's one
0: that's the Avengers promo, but the one secret scene where Cap is just punching the bag. Okay. And then Nick Fury shows up and he says, do you have a mission? Apparently that's the secret scene,
1: and then the rest is the... Yeah. Some assembly required. That felt so mid two thousand tens, I guess early two thousand tens. But as, no, because it's, sim-
0: no, it's no, no, like the cutting, Avengers. The, a
1: symbol. Oh, the yes. scene putting together was just like oof.
0: It seems like something I could have made on YouTube. It felt very for like my, like twelfth grade English. Class.
1: I was about to say like high school project. Like twelfth grade English,
0: twelfth grade English. Like once the tech was a little bit updated. Yeah. So my last thing before we cut off. Okay, guys, and wake up. We have our super fan shout out. Wait, is that our thing? I, <laughs> is it? I don't know, I got excited. Super fan shout out. I like the three, whatever. It's Michaela Sargent, aka Michaela Loney. That's oh, how I know it. M Squad. She is the third member of the original M Squad, which is. Which is
1: just a, this squ- is a squad two. for non superheroes. <laughs> Michaela would be the only one who probably could be a superhero. I, I don't know. She's not. She's risk averse too. I think I would be. We're very much all a superhero. superheroes. We've already decided that that's a no. So we're all non superheroes. Okay. I'd be more of a witch. Yeah, witch. will get in too.
0: Anyway, Michaela, we love you so much. Michaela has been a dedicated fan since episode zero. Has listened, laughed, commented, texted, been a fan, and she is a fucking homie, and I love her, and she is a baby, and she's married. And did I mention that I love her?
1: I know. I love you too, Michaela. It honestly warms my heart every time she sends us a message about the podcast. I get literal butterflies. I'm I'm not kidding.
0: I'm not kidding, Michaela tell us your favorite episode and come visit us. Okay? You don't... You live a drive away. I'll pay for your fucking gas. I don't care. Come visit us and let's do a...
1: In Squad Pod. I just now
0: realize that the ring light hasn't been on. But... Well, oh well. It's still recording. So anyway, guys. Michaela's the best. Follow our Instagram. It's a thunderstorm and we're tired as fuck. So... See you next time for the
1: fucking Avengers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.